So, uh, this is episode one, man. Episode one of Sessions with uh, Duke Hardy. And, uh, Duke, describe yourself. Uh, I'm a 5'6 Leo. I like walks on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, you know, first of all, I want to say it's it's definitely an honor to be here, uh, you know, doing your platform. You didn't just get drafted, dude. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, you know, I, I just want to thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, man, I, I have to start with you because um, you'll talk. You know, other yeah. people freeze up on me, and uh, they blame the tattoo, but it's social shit. It's anxiety. Right. You don't seem like you suffer from that. No, you know, luckily for you, I talk to people all day. Yeah. So this is what I do. And all those cameras I have hidden, they don't bother you. Oh, not at all. <laughs> the one in the bathroom, even. <laughs> I was going to mention that. Yeah. <laughs> he looked dead into it. <laughs> All right. So uh, so Duke's getting a uh, bull cover-up over an old tattoo of also a bull. <laughs> Don't make it sound so yeah. bad. <laughs> well, the first one uh, could use some work. It's got a lot of abs. I'm noticing that, man. Yeah, I had this uh, it, thing you... when I was in high school. Uh, I mean, strangely enough, I ended up looking like that in college, but... It was more one of those foreshadowing type things for me. Did you I got you built yourself in your tattoo? Exactly. If you look at the chest, it actually has my initials on the chest. That's concerning <laughs> because I have a fat Buddha on my thigh. <laughs> See? I mean... I hope I'm not going that direction. I really hope so for the sake of everyone. Well, uh, so we're, this is going to be a cover-up of a better bowl with uh, less abs, man. I'll be honest with you. I'm if okay with none that. None at all, probably. Because there's not too many uh, bulls walk around with six packs these days. Besides this boy right here. <laughs> so um, I'm I'm gonna just warn anyone listening that this is a tattoo podcast. So you're gonna hear the tattoo machine slightly in the background. Uh, I've minimized it as much as I can, but if you're pedantic, uh, this is not for you. Um, but we'll probably uh, more than likely you won't be able to hear it as much. I'll take it out in post, and if I can't take it out in post, then you'll never hear this podcast. None of this matters. <laughs> All right, dude. Are you ready? I'm going to start. Let's rock. Cool. I'm going to try and stay on the mic. I'll drift every once in a while. Um, I don't have the luxury of just sitting still like Duke. He's going to have the easiest the easiest job out of this whole thing. Just deal with the pain. I'm just glad I get to get a, another an adult tattoo. Yeah. Get this cartoon is off this my a, arm. Is this the last of the bad, sh- like, uh, bad tattoos you have? Yes. I told you when I came to you, you know, a couple years ago that I'm redoing all my tattoos. Yeah. Bad life decisions. I I appreciate that. I actually am not doing that at all, man. <laughs> I mean, I have so many bad tattoos on me that at this point, I'm just a cautionary tale to my children. <laughs> That's why we're here. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start, man. You ready? Yeah, let's go. All right. Here we go. All right. So uh, you, you made me realize that, you know, in describing yourself, uh, highly inaccurately, by the way. Five six, not accurate. Duke's actually uh, six six, two hundred and eighty pounds of pure muscle. <laughs> you can leave that pure muscle part. I'm, I, I'm working I, on myself. Uh, I am too, though. I'm also six six, two hundred and twenty pounds of pure muscle. So if anybody's listening, you 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 know that's both lies. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, we're doughy, doughy men. <laughs> Proud of it. You got to yeah. wear it like yeah. armor. It's because we make money. Yeah. That's the difference. And then when I'm broken, doughy, I'll find some other excuse. And if the government is listening, I don't actually make money. I don't either. I pay all my taxes on time. No, the government knows I make twenty six thousand a year. <laughs> they see it. They see it every year, <laughs> pretty consistently too, man. Twenty six on the nose. I stopped booking when I hit twenty six. Hey, I love it. You got to figure it out. Yeah. 
well, they got to figure it out. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> when you go do taxes, man, are you just like that uh, Jordan Peele meme where you're sweating heavily? Uh, no, actually, um, I'm blessed enough to have my stepmom as a CPA. Um, shout out to her. She pretty shout much handles all. Shout out to Yeah. <laughs> she handles all my, my business filings and, you know, gives me pointers on my personal taxes. Mm-hmm. So. My stepmom's a, a shrewd Baptist woman with no job, so. Oh. Yeah, she handles all my critiques. Oh, different walks of life. Mm-hmm. She's actually, uh, I'm, I'm really happy for her, though, because if I hadn't met her, I wouldn't know I was going to hell. Oh, okay. Yeah, it is a good heads up, man. <laughs> it's a, it's nice to get a warning ahead of time. Hey. She lets me know pretty often. Oh, so she, she reminds you all the time. Yeah, subtly, you know. Oh. Just like, hey, you're going you're to doing? hell. <laughs> <laughs> is it the tattooing is that's it, doing it, or what is it? It's You know, I've tried to figure out what it is. Um, my thought process is that um, I'm not her, so therefore I have to go to hell. I think. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so she, uh, she sends me propaganda that every year uh, my sister and I get it, and it's always so specific to whatever she and I are going through. But she'd be like, "Yeah, I just I just found this at the church. I thought <laughs> thought it might work for you." And I'm like, "Did you type this shit?" <laughs> So you're telling me this was just laying in the pew somewhere? Yeah, she's like, we just found, I'm like, this is stapled and folded on uh, dad's letterhead. <laughs> if you look closely, your email is kind of at the top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we get this propaganda every year, and um, my sister has started sending, like, reverse propaganda. Which Now, before we get started, is your sister the same exact person as you? Yeah, she's pretty shitty, dude, so you get the idea. <laughs> I can only imagine how this story is going to go. Uh, yeah, basically, you just alienate an old woman who's just trying to teach you religion. <laughs> and she's my sister sends her like, like witchcraft books. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, probably not coincidentally, I don't see my sister at family gatherings often anymore. <laughs> she's got more balls than I do. I will say that. I, I'm, I'm, I'll push the boundaries, but you know, I stop at like. You know, you know the limitations. Yeah, like actively insulting somebody's religion, <laughs> uh, especially since my beliefs are so. Now you said this is your stepmom bizarre. or yeah, your mom? My stepmom. No, okay, my mom. So you didn't grow. You didn't grow up with it in your household, and uh, it no, wasn't my, forced on you. No, I did. My parents got divorced when I was six. Okay. So it was uh, by the time I was nine, my dad met this woman. So it, it was basically pretty early on. She was heavy, like in the in, like. This isn't like I'm not describing Christianity. 100%. Even though it sounds like it, because you know, you know Christianity. This is Southern Baptist. Oh, it's di- white Southern. Yeah, no, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, right. There's a there's an air of like 1950s that you can't wash out of that church. And, and if anybody's wondering, I am African American. Yeah, yeah. He, me too. <laughs> so you can see how uncomfortable this was. For me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, Duke, you uh, you would not be comfortable in this church. Oh, so we're talking like Tennessee. Southern Mid- Midland, Texas. Mid- yeah. Oh. So white oil, uh, <laughs> lots of dust. Yeah. 1960s gotcha. church. There's like I mean, maybe two black people went there for a for a minute, and then <laughs> then one was gone, and then the other was like, I can't be the only one, and then he was gone, and then the church, and then you know they stopped talking in code. <laughs> <laughs> then they let the guards down. Yeah. Then, okay. <laughs> then then it was just like on the nose. So. uh so anyways, yeah, I, I bailed from all that, and uh, she she forced me right into the arms of atheism early on, which was uh, 
I mean, that's not very fun. That's like the opposite of belief. You right. Know? That shit will depress you. So now, now I'm in that like weird state of spirituality that is undefinable. But like, you know, I'm down with God, but I'm not going back to that building. Oh, there, there goes the copyright claim right there, dude. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. You can answer, man. I'll just edit it out. No, it's. And then I don't. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Let's get that out of here. The whole fucking thing in there. You're like, no, no, the rash has been spreading. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, anyways, my stepmom and, um, and her propaganda with my sister have become an ongoing war that I look forward to every Christmas. It sounds entertaining. It's good, man. Because I, like, I, I already kind of know what's up because I get it in the mail. So I know immediately she got it in the mail. And then I wait for that phone call. And I'm like, yeah, I saw it. She's like, did you fucking read it? And I'm like, yeah, your name is actually in it. The worst thing that it could possibly be is a group chat. Yeah. If there's a group chat attached to this, that's just the beginning of the end. (laughs) There's uh, no way this old woman knows how to do that. (laughs) She she walks around my house with a a camera from 2002, probably. Still has that crazy flash on it. Oh, wow. Yeah, like SD cards. So we're still counting megapixels. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) When 2.1 megapixels was On one hand, (laughs) the amount of megapixels. So it looks like, it it looks like uh, photos from like crime scenes. (laughs) And I don't know why she does this though. I bought, so I bought her a waterproof camera that was, it was a baller cameraman, like double the megapixels, like five megapixels. Big spender. (laughs) I fucking went nuts at the flea market. And she never uses it, but she's like not the she's not the kind of person that doesn't use a gift, but pretend she does. She just leaves it in the box on the coffee table for me to see every time I come in. Just just let me know, like fuck you, fuck your gift. <laughs> Is the box even open? <laughs> no, nah, dude. It's just she lo- she read it and she was like she's like I-, I appreciate it. It sounds nicer than mine. I'm like yeah, use it. And she's like mm, mm, stick with this. Maybe this Polaroid. Yeah, maybe if your dad buys it. Oh. I've seen so many uh, family group chats fail on you know just simple communications religion oh uh, yeah what are we eating tonight like <laughs> you know those go left so quickly you know it's fucking weird i can talk to everyone i know about political stuff religious stuff but not my family what like that it, is it used to be flipped right yeah it, it's very uncanny and it's uh, i don't know I, I think as a culture we've become so sensitive yeah i agree <laughs> and but we've also there's like this weird uh unspoken thing that you have to be decisive if you don't agree with someone it's like i gotta make a decision on that 100%. like if i don't agree with you I, it's not just i don't agree i have to hurt you later 100 percent. yeah i gotta follow you to your car kneecap you because <laughs> these these are yeah. my beliefs yeah, yeah these are my beliefs i was brought up on this so for you to be wrong doesn't mean you were taught differently to me it means that you're just actively insulting me you came in here and you're gonna actively insult me like that <laughs> So, uh, you know, I feel that way with, you know, my stepmom, she'll bring up shit. And I'm just like, there's so many times that I think in my head, like, man, when I was smaller, we should have thrown hands. I should have just got it over with. (laughs) You were smaller? Yeah. So it's frowned upon now. (laughs) Yeah. When I was not (laughs) 6'6 and 300 pounds of muscle. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, it's it's frowned upon now. Now Now that I'm an adult, man, I cannot lay hands on my stepmom. But when I'm nine years old, like, it's hard to side with. You know, who do you side with there? Society picks both children and women on this. Like, if this is a Titanic, we're both leaving at the same time, right? At the same exact time. Which means time. you can fight. That's how I judge equality. Hey, that's a that's a very good perspective of yeah. things. That's all equality is judged by. Who gets evacuated first? Those two people could fight in the parking lot, and you wouldn't know whose side to pick. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I gotta, I'm going to bump the mic. There we go. Yeah, Um. anyway, so <laughs> that's my, my jump into about my stepmom who apparently is not as cool as yours. Uh, yeah. 
she, she I'm not gonna lie, she's she's pretty awesome. That's you fine. Know, she's the one who uh actively talks to me about, you know, business engagements and, and definitely uh starting more businesses and leaving some behind. You know, the whole generational wealth thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention Duke is an entrepreneur. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, he's I'm working a multi businessman. <laughs> Yeah, I just, you know, I, I really cherish the talks that, uh, you know, we come here and you you enlighten me and open my mind to a whole bunch of things. Oh, I always call, leave with a gift. Don't call it that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we... Uh, and now that I say it out loud, it kind of sounds like acid, but... Yeah, right. <laughs> dude, this, this place is a, a Buddhist temple, you know? You come in here, unload your problems, and then I gaslight you into thinking they're not real problems. And then you wake up tomorrow and you're like, Man, this shit still sucks, though. <laughs> it still hurts the same. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what? this motherfucker just gave me the rope of dope. And then I go to bed smug. Like, fixed another one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's a... Uh, I gotta stop doing that. I'm gonna bump this mic the whole time. For anyone listening, he's not throwing punches at me. It's just me bumping the mic. How's this feel, by the way, man? You're not complaining much. If you've never got a tattoo before, it, it feels amazing. I, I, I recommend you start like on the, the, the bending part of your elbow. <laughs> if you, you haven't done it before, it's the most amazing thing you'll ever feel. Yep. Uh, tattoos don't hurt. They are cheap. <laughs> Dirt cheap. He's actually using a crayon right yeah. now. <laughs> That's, uh, that explains the look. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, you get one, you get two. Uh they still hurt the same. I don't, I don't even know where I was going with it. They all hurt the same. I mean, that was it. I, I, I guess I, I don't know. I kind of wanted you to just bullshit everyone and make it sound like they don't hurt. But Come in here, get a full sleeve for your first tattoo. That's yeah, the only way to do it. But pay it all up front. All up front. Cash? <laughs> but we got to meet somewhere besides my studio. <laughs> I, had a, I had actually had a guy pay his sleeve up front. Uh, it was like three grand or something like that after i i priced out what it might be and i was like it, it was super re, like uh high contrast um color realism which takes forever so i priced him out three grand he paid it up front and he didn't come to one session he just moved to canada and i have never felt more conflicted about money i have in my bank account than that sleeve so so let me let me get the series of events down yeah you're telling me this guy prepaid for a tattoo yeah three thousand dollars three g's and cash. left town yeah are you sure that he wasn't in the cartel of some sort. Did he just launder money through me and he's going <laughs> to come back and it's clean now? <laughs> that, that's the only logical explanation. Yeah. I'm not leaving town without three grand. That's kind of fucking brilliant. It is. He just cleaned three G's through me. And then he's going to call you one on a, on yeah. a Tuesday while it's raining and say, hey, uh, that money I sent you. I've been uh, trying to give it back, man. <laughs> it's So he reaches out to me every once in a while. He's like, hey, I should be back in the States in a month, man. We're still good. And I was like, for sure. Like, I can't sleep at night if I'm just like, nah, your deposit expired. That's not even a deposit. But it also feels weird being a like a bank account for someone i don't do that anymore that was you know this is like five years ago oh, okay yeah okay. and it's i learned my lesson that's not happening anymore but still and i challenge you to really thoroughly understand his employment before he comes back to the states yeah <laughs> i don't vet employment <laughs> it's you uh, do a background check before they, that guy comes back and collects his funds yeah my my concern with vetting employment is i'm gonna lose half of my clients i've been paid in singles a lot if, if you know what i mean you don't want to start asking questions yeah don't go down that rabbit hole I usually know. I usually know, though, because they first off, they come in here and they smell like they need to take a wind bath. And it's usually uh, dealer plates on the Beamer. So when they pull out the, the massive wad of hundreds and count it off, I know I know what's up. <laughs> but honestly, those are the best clients, man. 
I, I guarantee you they are. Yeah. They're like prolific tippers because they don't, honestly, I just think they're too high to count. So they just sort of, they, they wait till my eyes kind of indicate like that's enough counting. And then they just hand the, me whatever. The subtle nod. Yeah, that'll, that'll do, man. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. Yep. And then they just cruise off and then they hit me up like a week later and they're like, hey, was I supposed to wash this? And I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> so they come here and pay X amount of dollars for a tattoo and they don't take care of it. Yeah. And, but the thing is, I, my, my pricing is consistent, right? It's hourly. Well, I tell you once, you got it. And every time they're like, what do you charge? I'm like, dude, what it, that, whatever that is, you got. That is a valid question, though, with the way the economy is going. What do? Yeah. Because oh, when chicken wings cost as much as steak, we have a problem. I, I haven't moved my pricing, though. Should I? Is, should I be adjusting with inflation? I mean, I, if I'm counting your commute to work, Not today, I think you're good. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was to say, I would wait to after yeah. this session, and then we could revisit like, that. I, f- I fully agree. In three hours, you should do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I just feel like a 7% raise on 200 an hour is just um, kind of a fuck you to everyone. <laughs> it's just it's a paltry move, and it, it kind of just seems like I'm sticking you. I'm just reminding you that the economy sucks is what I'm doing. <laughs> Also, I can't do math. It's 7% on 200. I don't know what that is. Don't do yeah, it right I'm, now. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. Okay, I'm not cool. Do you that. are nodding like you were, <laughs> you were rain manning over there. Yeah, I do numbers. That's yeah, what I do. do you? Well, yeah, at work. I do pictures. It's the opposite of numbers. Yeah, calculating, you know, logistics is all numbers pretty much. Timing and miles and it's just a big numbers game. Yeah, well, tell, them, tell people what you do. Uh, so, um, basically, I work for You've seen a, Ozarks, right, people? <laughs> if you know Ozarks, you already know where I'm going with this. Done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I work for a flatbed company, uh, trucks, semi-trucks. Uh, I run a fleet of 29 drivers, and I also own my own personal trucking company as well. Uh, small company. We're still building it. Six trucks. Nothing nothing major. So. You're just being humble right now. How many trucks <laughs> do you guys have? Fucking zero. It, it was all a work in progress. You know, this took time and time and time, and a lot of stuff had to fall in place. In I, order. I remember you stressing out a lot, man. So, yeah, and I still yeah. stress out. The stress has never left. Well, that won't stop till you die, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because just because now you have the assets, it's, now you got to deal with yeah. six personalities. The, the more money I've made, the less comfortable I've been. See? And uh, I know that just sounds like a suffering from success sob story, but it, it's true. Or a, a bad Biggie lyric. Yeah. <laughs> well, everything I do is big, Biggie lyrics. <laughs> more money, more problems. That's yeah, what dude. They say. It's you know I hear I heard that before, and I was like, that's a that's just like a guilt free cop out for the fact that you're loaded. Um, I felt the same exact way. Yeah, which I'm not even on a. I, I'm concerned. This sounds like I'm saying I'm on a Biggie level. Not even close. I'm a I'm a medium money man. <laughs> and uh but the thing is it, the stresses of having extra cash and thinking like oh i can't just sit it there right like, i had to do something with it 100 percent. yeah so now i'm like having to learn how to invest and that's the one that's the one thing like just because you make more money doesn't mean things become easier they, no they 100 percent do not you got to figure out what to do with this money and and yeah and who to pay and when to raise this and do that so i, I miss the days of paycheck to paycheck because it was Simple. Yeah, it, it was like, you know, I eat today and tomorrow I'm <laughs> fucked. But like now you, you're like, well, I don't have to be concerned about this week or next week, but now I got to be concerned about 10 years from now. And that actually, for some reason, is scarier. And it's, it's, it's the anxiety level goes up. Yeah. So I don't am understand. I doing good with this thousand dollars that I have right now? Is, yeah. like, is it a la- like, what do I do with this money now that's going to help me yeah. X amount of years later? And I used to just buy a PS5 or whatever. Uh, why problem, not? Problem solved. Uh, the way they're, the way they're selling, uh, yeah. it, it might be 
like as much as the NFT. That was a good soon. investment. Yeah, I, probably, <laughs> I skipped out on that. I miss this asset bubble, man. I have never been more asset light than now that everything's expensive. I'm thinking like, oh, cool. I sold all my shit right before this happened. That was smart. Like I, I did the whole spiritual, I'm going to let it all go because mm-hmm. being attached to all my stuff was bothering me. So I, I sold it all off thinking I was, you know, in my head, it's like, oh, this is altruistic. And now I look at the price of all that stuff and I'm like, I'm pretty realistic about myself now. But went, we are, we already had this conversation about volatility uh, yeah. and all that. So <laughs> you did the right thing in hindsight, but we just see how far this thing goes before. My timing was off for sure. <laughs> I And you know what's worse is I'm the sort of person where if I, if I miss the profit, uh, I, I'm not the type to like clap for everybody that's getting theirs right now. I want that bubble to pop hard as shit. I want people holding the bags. I need to know that I didn't fuck up that bad because I did. In hindsight, I sold off all my vehicle. I sold everything off at like the bottom of a market. And then Trump stepped in and it was just like everything, everything skyrocketed. Yeah. yeah. And I, I missed all that shit. And I'm not an economist. I don't, you know, I'm not putting that on Trump's shoulders. If you swing left or right, who the fuck knows what that was all about. But uh, I can just say. The cars are at better price now. Yeah, I saw I saw what you uh, posted the other day about uh, the used car market up twenty. Oh, twenty three percent, year over year. So that's just last year, and then on that same um, that same uh, well, I think it was a consumer index breakdown, but on right. that same one, it was ten percent in the last month. Oh my god, which is unsustainable. Yeah, I mean, I don't like ten percent doesn't sound like much to people, but like imagine you go buy a car yesterday and it's twenty three. And then today it's twenty five three, and that that's the kind of price movement that usually happens prior to. Uh, man, I don't want to say a bubble pop because I, I can't imagine a the market moving down that fast. But just one of those markets where it's just slowly slipping out of your grasp. You know, you you bought a car for nine percent APR with two thousand dollars down, and it's worth you know fifty k now. But you you notice next year it's worth. 47k and you're still upside down completely <laughs> and you're like well that's okay it'll bounce and then the next year it's worth like 45k and it just does that until you're finally so desperate and upset and, and you're paying for a fifty thousand dollar loan on a forty one thousand dollar car just imagine those people uh spending twenty seven thousand dollars on a 2009 bmw oh shit that's really specific man miles on it who are we talking about? Just uh, people in general. Just a guy I, that yeah. I heard about. It's tax time. You know what time it is. I know exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. I eat well during tax season. <laughs> Just bad, bad decisions. Yeah. Stay I away eat, from especially in a market like this. Oh, I used to be that guy. I mean, you know, I, I would say a lot of my uh, investment angles are just built around not fucking up horribly like I did in my 20s. In my 20s, I was a guy that was like, you know, I, ma- I made maybe 25000 a year if I was lucky. And then I would go to a dealership where some guy in like Gucci flip flops would sell me a two hundred thousand mile BMW for like eighteen percent APR, and I couldn't do APR, so I was like, "Oh, eighteen percent on the purchase? Not great, not great, but not bad." I can I can do it. Yeah, and then the next year rolls around, I'm like, "I paid eighteen last year. Why am I doing it again?" And then it just keeps happening, and then I realize I'm the fucking idiot. That's what happens. Financial literacy, people. Yeah, if, if anybody doesn't know, APR, it's every year. <laughs> you got to do it every time. Just so we're clear. Yeah, you owe, you owe $20,000, then you pay 18% on that. And then the next year you owe, you know, uh, 18.7, you pay 20% on that. Or 18%. You know, it's just uh, every year. Every year you do that, and then you bought a car for 18000 and paid it off for thirty nine. Easily. Yeah. I did that with my first car. I think most people do, because APR is not explained. I mean... I took economy in high school, mm-hmm. and so when you take economy in high school, basically what you learn about is that like they used to print different dollars, 
and and then you walk out and you're like, I have this shit on lock. And some guy's like, Hey, you want a credit card of thirty nine percent APR? Shit, shit. Or whatever. It's twenty nine. I think is the usury rate before it's illegal, right? It's, yeah. It's the max to legal. It's the max. It's, yeah. yeah <laughs> just look up the law of whatever. Uh, however, you can get skull fucked by a company, and it's right at that. And uh, so for me, I was like, you know, I didn't even hear that. I was like, Is this credit card got money on it? Can you swipe it? Yeah. This this money's yes. Okay. PlayStation three. <laughs> So I get a credit card at 19, max it out instantly. The fastest you can max. Like that card felt that shit. It's it would like <laughs> it would moan when I swiped it. <laughs> and then uh, you know, so I also learned another thing. This this is just gonna be like a financial TED talk now. So when you they've got this really interesting way that they will um, they'll hide convenient fees that. You know, you of course you're familiar, right? But, so the card, let's say the card's seven hundred dollar limit. I spend six hundred and eighty five dollars because I'm responsible, man. I'm not going to go to seven hundred, right? So six eighty five, six eighty five. That's max. Yeah, I'm, that's, not I'm going. done, dude. Pump the brakes. I'm done. <laughs> and then you sit back and you're like, you know, I'm I'm pretty financially responsible. That shit could have gone to seven. But then I learned that they have a fee that is like sixteen dollars, but it adjusts. It's an adjustable fee. And it's essentially whatever they need to push you a dollar over the limit if you're close enough. And then they start charging you over Inter- charges. Yep. The yeah. interest and the overage. And, yep. So I think I, you know, I spent like 685 because I'm a smart boy. And in the end, it was like a $1,500 card when, it, when all was said and done. Oh, man. Yeah. The story of my life. Yeah. And then my credit felt it the same way that card <laughs> felt like, it. Credit start moaning yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm also uh, like a super stubborn Scorpio. So my response to that was no. Shout out to the Scorpios. Yeah, for not paying their bills. <laughs> you showed them. So, uh, yeah, I let this multi-billion dollar company know they're not getting my $700. And they responded by ruining my credit for five years. And I, I built back up from there. But I just, unfortunately, man, I'm one of those people that learns a, a lot about financial literacy by fucking it up so bad. That's the best way. Yeah. You're not supposed to learn that in books. No. Real life occurrences, people. Yeah, you need to feel what it feels like to go, to finally be like, I make good money. I'm going to go get a car. And then they run your numbers and they, that bottle of water they were going to get you, they don't have it when they come back. <laughs> Just bring you back that paper and. Yeah, they printed it off. You could see where he tore it out of the printer before it was even done. And he just hands it to you and you're like, so how's it looking on that car? And he's like, let me show you a Geo Metro we've got in the back. <laughs> That's it's actually the, a car that just came in is from the salvage yard. Yeah, it's got some holes in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's funny you say that because I actually learned the same exact way you did. And I actually signed up for a, a credit card at 19. Okay. Uh, with a 30% APR so or whatever you, it was. You waited a year too. You were pretty smart about it too. Right. <laughs> fresh at, you know. Not at 18. I'll fresh, give it a year. <laughs> fresh out of Chicago. Uh, go, going to get a Philly cheesesteak on campus. Yeah. Um. Sign up for a credit card the, to get a fi- uh, free Philly cheesesteak. So. The campus thing is like, it's it's is that insidious? It needs to be like it should illegal. be illegal, dude. Yeah, it should be like highly illegal to go and sit in a place where you know kids are going to congregate and tell them if you sign up for this car that has a fifty yeah. <laughs> percent interest rate, you get a free cheesesteak. Yeah, because if I'm a hungry kid, I'll take those odds. You just yeah, you just got paid to eat. I also, just got paid to eat. The brokest generation. <laughs> Like statistically, like eight-year-olds are less broke than 19-year-olds because they at least don't have bills. So you're approaching the most destitute generation and saying, do you want free money? 
and then you just rope them up into that for I mean and then you got student loans on top of oh it. Oh my god, just pile those on. Yeah, so uh they don't tell you anything about, you know, they they throw it out there all the time, repay this and don't default on your loans, but there's not enough people, you know, telling you give you other options versus taking out $100,000 for an undergrad deg- uh, degree. Yeah. <laughs> I know a $100,000 in debt tattoo artists that have communications degrees. And they can't communicate with shit. <laughs> surprise yeah i'm not sure what communications actually entails i always thought like i'd imagine you paid a 100 grand to show up to a room full of other people and you just kind of like shook hands and you communicated you you, yeah. you would think right and then the fancy kid would like hit you with some bilingual shit and you're like well there's the there's the master's degree everybody shut it up <laughs> yeah but that, uh that yeah. car was actually i think it was the same amount as yours was it? I was, yeah, because it must have been the going rate for that time. I think so, man. I know the usury rate, I think currently it's 29% APR, which blows my mind. That means somebody stepped in and was like, hey, we got to put a cap on this thing. <laughs> and he was like, "This kid, these people are taking advantage of these kids. Let's cap this bad boy at 29%. Do them all a solid. We really did our job today. Yeah. <laughs> Saved another one. Man, that's... Uh, 29% also when you can't do math, it doesn't sound so bad. It it really doesn't. And no. then we was like, man, free cheesesteak. <laughs> In hindsight, that cheesesteak cost really me is, about $3,000. That's what got you, wasn't it? The it was the cheesesteak. It was amazing. It was, I was hungry. I had just left yeah. baseball practice. So I remember my, my first credit card. I went to Best Buy and I was buying an Ethernet cable. Uh, so I can't remember. I was doing, I was working in the photo industry as a young kid. So I was buying an ethernet cable to print some shit. I don't remember what it was. It's not important. What's important was when I was checking out, Best Buy was like, Hey, if you sign up for a Best Buy credit card, this ethernet cable goes down to $7 from $8. From eight? Yeah. And I was like, I'll put my name on anything. I'm saving a dollar right now. I signed it. The card came. And then I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me that that was money being sent to me, by the way. I just thought a dollar off an ethernet cable was the fucking jam so when the card showed up it was like christmas i can't even explain the amount of ethernet cables i bought on that card so you you legit got a best buy card for nothing but ethernet cords yeah defaulted on a best buy card and when when you default on best buy cards by the way they're like the cartel they send geek squad to fuck you up yeah (laughs) if if you don't know now you know yeah now you know i was filling up at a chevron and i went around the side of the atm and he was leaning on the wall (laughs) and he was like smoking a cigar don't act like you don't know who i am you see the clothes? He beat me mercilessly <laughs> with a hard drive <laughs> hooked to an Ethernet cable, just swinging it like nunchucks. Yeah, that Best Buy called me on three-way with my mom on. For I, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 there, there, there's some crooks. If you don't have a Best Buy, if you're behind on your Best Buy card, just count your days. Yeah, oh, this podcast brought to you by Best Buy. <laughs> yeah, man. That's and a, South Philly cheesesteaks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you for getting roped into that. <laughs> I it, mean, it was literally like, at least 50 students in there. Yeah. Tables were backed up. Just oh, applications know. everywhere. They run out of pens within the first hour. Oh, they know easily. Because you guys are stealing them. You're giving them free cheesesteaks. That's also the crowd that steals pens. <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping this pen for my troubles. Yeah, my first girlfriend would pull a pen out of her purse that had those long ball chains broken off. So you put in effort to take this. That's a red flag, right? Thirty six. Yeah, <laughs> you, you probably should have known something. Uh, sh- yeah, I <laughs> should have seen that one. Coming. Have the tape at the end with yeah. the ball. Uh, I feel like it's uh, getting hot in here now. I'm not turning the AC back on. Is it, is it hot? Maybe it's just... Oh, maybe it's a bright-ass light that's on my back. Oh, I thought I'm maybe having a stroke. <laughs> Why, are you cold? I mean, you're hot and I'm... I mean, Dude, I you know, know what's crazy about strokes? Uh, my mom had one. Okay. You, you can laugh. It's okay. I'm, it's fine. Maybe you may be laughing. I know how you are. <laughs> laugh at my mom's stroke, dude. I'll laugh later. So, yeah, <laughs> take, it, take it to your wife. 
Uh, she she had a stroke, and she told me that now one half of her body will be hot, and the other half will be cold. And I didn't know that was a thing. So, Different size of the brain. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. weird. So she, it, I guess the connection's all fried or whatever. But she'll so we'll like Facetime her, and she'll have a jacket on half her body. Right. It's so bizarre. And then she'll tell you know there's a lot of weird stuff that happens with the stroke, but it it, it kind of demonstrates how intricate and bizarre the brain is. That brain is something else. Yeah. Uh, uh, a lady who uh, raised me, uh, she had a stroke as well. Your mom? Um, <laughs> Were you struggling yes, with the word? Do, I do call her mom as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but she's actually a, a close friend. I've known her since I was, you know, younger. Yeah. Oh, this is like my, yeah, yeah. I got, uh, my friend's mom is also like my yeah. mom. Yeah. See, you know, I have, she, I have my mom and then I have my friend's, uh, she's a uh, Filipino mom. Mm-hmm. So she, she was the one who Lupia's, taught. Lupia's, right? Yeah. Oh, she, she was great though. Cause when she got mad at us, she would grab a flip flop with her foot. Lift it into her hand before you can blink <laughs> off the ground. Put it in her hand and nail you with Clint it. Clint Eastwood. Yeah, shit was amazing. But anyway, she she raised me, so she gave me a little like levity in my life because I'm coming from that like shitty Baptist household, and then I go into my friend's like super traditional Filipino household, and I that's you know it, it was just a nice night balance. And day. Total balance, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like guess guess who doesn't have hate doctrine? <laughs> Everybody else. <laughs> Yeah, but, she, oh yeah, I'm sorry, man. You're you're the woman who raised you. She she had a stroke. She had a stroke and an aneurysm. So her, the whole right side of her uh, body is paralyzed. So me and her have conversations like that as well. Like you yeah, know, she'll be hot and cold, or or one part of her body's doing something like she has no control over or okay. something like that. So what what is the difference between a stroke and an aneurysm? Do you, do you know? Am I I, honestly, I don't want to get on this podcast and sound like a jackass. No, but... go ahead. Have you do, do you <laughs> hear me talk ever? I'm the most confidently wrong person you're ever going to meet. Okay, you know what? I just you know I just remembered. I know what it is. So an aneurysm. It's a blood clot. Yeah, I'm going to make this shit up. They're both blood clots, aren't they? That's kind of what I thought, right? Yeah, they're, they're both, both blood clots. It's just the blood not doing something? Well, I think they're... Don't quote me on this. I think it's just different parts of the brain that the blood clot actually happens to. Mm-hmm. But I don't don't quote me on that. Any uh, PhDs or MDs listen to this, mm-hmm. I did not study that. Dash, it's just conversations in passing. Dash Duke Hardy. But I was watching House for about six years, so I think I'm pretty certain of what I'm talking about. That's two years, three years more than me. <laughs> I didn't realize, man. I'm not giving you the respect you deserve. <laughs> yeah, no, I only got there about 17 episodes, so we didn't cover aneurysm. Me and the wife watch uh, House to go to sleep. For real? Yeah, that's, that, that was our show. It was like up. the show that defined our relationship when we were starting out. Oh, I don't know why I'm shit talking to you. I watch cops to go to, to sleep all the time. <laughs> well, now it's just it's King of Queens in the, the office now. I love King of Queens. That's, yeah. People didn't like that show that much. I don't know why. I love that show. I was late getting to it. Yeah. when Because it, it came on while I was in high school. I was late getting to it, but when I, when I finally found it, it, that was it. I think I avoided it because I saw Kevin James and Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> and so I, I remember thinking to myself, like, never again. <laughs> and then I watched two episodes of King of Queens and realized it's just something happened to that man between the two. Between the two. Yeah. Yeah, chasing the chick. God, man. Yeah, right? It, <laughs> you got to chase that money. We've, we've all been there. Yeah. In, ta- in the tattoo world, it's like the opposite happens where you do the really deplorable money chasing stuff early on and then you can do the respectable shit at the end. But I noticed with people in the comedy world, it's the opposite. You know, you know, except for like a couple of big wigs, but like for the most part, hundred percent. For the most part, you're gonna just start desperately being a B-list actor and shit. You don't need to be. I mean, look at Ice Cube, man. That poor guy. Hey, he's making his money. Hey, that's true. That's so, what I'm saying. Though. What is he? he is the longest tenure behind uh, Mariska. Yeah, <laughs> he is making his money. He's making his money. But you know, you definitely lose the artistic, respectable 
jobs the more you chase the dollar. Yeah. Yeah, and I was having that conversation. It's like when uh, a well, you know, well-known actor switches what he normally does. It's, it's kind of hard to come back. Shout out to uh, Edward from Twilight playing Batman. <laughs> I still can't wrap my head around that shit. I'm going to see it, though. Oh, Are you? Watch it. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. Dude, I've never missed a Batman movie. Do you know how much I've been hurt, Duke? <laughs> I don't I don't blame you. I mean, I think I have to see it at this point. Yeah, you're going to see it. Don't act like you're not. I am, yeah. but I just don't. It's like when Vince Vaughn played that serious role in The Stepdad, The Stepfather. It kind of fucked me up. What was? That was uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable yeah. because you, you waited for him to tell a joke, but here he is just killing people in the basement. Yeah, that was... Spoiler alert. You know what? Just sometimes people... Like, I have suspicions about Vince Vaughn, but that movie just sort of solidified them, and I didn't like that. I wanted to find out I was wrong, right? Because, <laughs> like, Bill, uh, what's his name? Billy Bob Thornton? Right. Yeah, he does movies where I'm like, that's exactly that's who I thought you were, dude. Exactly. And, and Vince Vaughn just did that, and I'm like, come man. <laughs> come on, Yeah, man. I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to think you were really like that. So, uh, oh, I keep bumping this thing. Oh, well, that's just how it's going to be. I'll edit it out. What were you saying, though? Um... Shit, I don't remember now. Vince Vaughn being murderous? Yeah, it's just like, what you know, kind of what you were saying. Um, you know, people take on a role or a persona for their career and then switch it up. It kind of just puts the world on the ear. That's what, <laughs> dude. Okay, thank you. That You just reminded me. Um, so I get on Reddit, right? Which means everybody who gets on Reddit is going to be completely like ahead of me on whatever this is. But there was this uh, thing on there about Bruce Willis, how he's just done all these fucking horrible movies for the last... Those are all his produced movies. What's that? He's making money off of those movies regardless. Yeah, but there's this prevailing theory that he's got like Alzheimer's. And there's, because there's a couple scenes. These movies are terrible, by the way. They shoot him in like two days and then they shoot the rest of the movie for like two months and they just edit whatever they've got of Bruce (laughs) Willis into these movies. So there's times where like, if Bruce Willis is supposed to be in a scene with someone else, they'll just have him doing pull-ups in the background because it's a body double and they'll just voice over whatever they took from him. It's awful. (laughs) But somebody's kind of developed this idea he's got alzheimer's and he's there you could see earpieces in his ears right uh during certain scenes that are you know they're not like the kind of earpieces you wear when you're losing hearing but the actual like uh communication stuff people wear on stage right so he's losing being, your line earpieces now yeah he's just being fed lines right. and when you listen to him it does sound like somebody's just saying a line and he has no context at all so it's not just me is what you're saying because yeah bruce willis is like my fucking hero yeah john well, mcclain everything he's my hero you know one of the action stars and then his last like four movies kind of just like bad dude what the hell are we doing here real bad what and was that movie on netflix with him playing the cop that came to save the girl in the hospital it was it was just I'll so be honest i probably didn't see that one because he's got like you're not missing anything in the last two years because like the movie was so like the script was so bad yeah and it's just like this and you see bruce willis as the headliner so yeah. you were already like, all right, this I'm is going to be the shit. I've <laughs> never seen a Bruce Willis movie I didn't like. Exactly. Ever, but this lad, he's on like a bad kick right now. And I don't, and that makes a lot of sense. That, or that's us justifying him getting out of his, whatever it was, prime. Yeah. and Because he's been his prime for what, 40 plus years? Yeah, he could just be cash grabbing. I mean. Because <laughs> Denzel did a bad movie too. Did he? Um, don't tell me that. The, it came out two years ago. Uh, the movie with him being a cop. Yeah, <laughs> there's a prevailing theme. Uh, I fucking forgot what it is. Uh, yeah, but that movie just went on and on and on. It just came out. It just went on and on. And like it was just so bad. And I'm just like, is this the end? Damn, dude, that's upsetting. <laughs> I, you know, it's rough because like these actors have made so much money that you would think they'd plan ahead to where they could just like drop off the face of the earth when they're old. 
or pillow, like do a bull, Mar- uh, bull Murray, I'm tattooing a bull, <laughs> do a Bill Murray where you just do the fun shit. But you know, like Bill Murray just has a look about him that he's just got money. You know, right. he's fine. He doesn't look stressed at all. And Bruce Willis doesn't look like that to me. I see him and I'm just like, this man's hurting. He, <laughs> he overleveraged. Yeah. He overleveraged man. And, uh, or you could be like Nick Cage. What? Well, <laughs> Nick Cage is like a case study of doing whatever the fuck you want, when you want, and still succeeding. He had a good run and then financially it, just shit the bed. That's true. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. I mean, I get it, though. Like, if, if you feed me that much money and tell me I'm a genius, I'm not going to believe the train's stopping. You know what I mean? <laughs> I Like, well, you know what you were telling me about? I, I won't say any names. Like, or maybe it wasn't you. I'm, I'm going to, like, completely try to Go ahead. divide between we'll you and whatever this is, right? But but somebody that looked like you, sounded like you, and lifted as much weight as you, told me that someone they know is extremely wealthy and still lives paycheck to paycheck. It could have been me. That's several s- of my sounds friends. Sounds familiar, correct? Yes. Right? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I don't, you know, God forbid whoever that might be hears this. And, just and here we back it. are at financial literacy, people. Yeah, but that blew my mind because you were telling me what the monthly was usually on what they can make and that the, the fact that they're still paycheck to paycheck and their monthly is like my yearly. Yeah. So th- it, it's it, uncanny, right? It scared the shit out of me because I thought like you could make so much money at some point you can't fuck it off. And this dude still did it. It and all boils down. It all boils down to life choices. At the end it, of the it day, it really does. Yeah, <laughs> understanding but, how money works and making money work for you. I went home and I made my kids ramen after you told me that, <laughs> and I was like, "You boys get used to this." Yeah, like stand up guy. It's just like life decisions. Yeah, won't allow you to excel. God, that's nuts to me, man. I it just it, it, I, the only reason I say that is because now I'm pretty sure that's what happened with with Bruce Willis. Yeah. You know, it just. He made or Steven Seagal. St- well, <laughs> we all knew that was going to end one day. He's a master class in mental illness. Steven Seagal, I, I okay. Steven Seagal to me is um, DJ Khaled, where you just don't know if it's real. You know what I mean? I like DJ Khaled is so unprecedented with with how stupid he can be, but he's also succeeding on a on a level nobody can match. I don't believe it. I think he's a genius. I've been saying that for years. Do you think that too? For years. Yeah, I think he's pulling one over, dude. I think I think DJ Khaled is probably some some savant who figured out how to make money off of everyone else and have no. I mean, he doesn't do anything. He literally just connects talented people and, and produces the track. Yeah, and then he puts up, you know, videos of him like <laughs> dancing in the background, dude. If you there is this documentary of him where he's explaining how to be successful, and he's. 320 easy you 100%. know yeah hanging over you his... might be you you might be uh putting it lightly i'm being light yeah yeah, yeah another one he's got <laughs> add another, he's got a few so he's on a treadmill giving this advice on how to stay fit and i'm like this dude's he not is there's no real. way there's a documentary out with him giving health and yes workout advice so he get it's it's even better than that he gives you this long speech about how to be successful and then he's like you know you gotta you gotta stay fit he's like you want to be like me you stay fit and immediately it's you know it's a threat and he's on a treadmill, and he's like, this is what I do to stay fit. And he's just jiggling everywhere. He's hitting buttons with his tits. It's crazy. And then it hard cuts. No time at all to adjust. It hard cuts to him banging a maid in the hotel room. And there's no context. It's just her feet in the air. And then they hard cut back out of that. And he's like, another thing about success. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening here? Dude, you can't tell me he doesn't do that on purpose. 
<laughs> did he he watched that edit and, let and it he ride. okayed it yeah he green stamped it and it, it it's, it's good it's good it's on purpose man I, I i honestly think dj khaled might be one of the best comedians of our time <laughs> i like if you told me that he ghost writes for like kevin hart i would believe you i just that's that's unreal it's unreal dude i'm gonna send you that footage too please do but i'm gonna send it to you no context hard cut and everything I've never, dude, I haven't laughed that hard at anything in so long. And he takes himself so seriously. But the audacity. The audacity. That's what it is. It's, it's for him to be this, it just like useless. Like, how can you, I mean, we get why he's successful. There's not really any need to explain it. You know, like he makes so much fucking money from just knowing everybody. So, but he gives all of these little, like, you know, major key alert. And then he just tells you shit that actually is not applicable. (laughs) Make sure you put us all down on snowy roads. Yeah, yeah. How did we get here? Major key alert, that grind better not sound like nothing. And I'm like, <laughs> at first I'm like, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, that actually, I can use that. But then I wake up tomorrow and I'm like, what the fuck is DJ Khaled talking about? So and you're telling me after all these years, you're telling me that DJ Khaled has a shallow how complex. Yes. He thinks he's... <laughs> he's got the, the opposite. The he looks, opposite. He looks in the mirror and he's just like, God damn, DJ Khaled. You are an Adonis of a man. And then the complete opposite is Rick Ross. He owned his. Yeah, you know, Rick Ross. I, I'm fat boss. Didn't he you come know. out of the prison just... Was that him? Who came out of prison just fucking yoked? Went from fat to an awesome shape. That was Gucci Mane. Gucci Mane. That's what it was. <laughs> Damn. Yes, that was definitely Gucci Mane. He came in, went in like a snowman and came out like 50 Cent. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what? People shitting on 50 Cent right now. You know how upsetting it is? It it really is, it right? It bothered the shit out of me, man. Now don't get don't get it twisted. The memes were fucking hilarious. I, but... I laughed, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> but it's just it's like, how can any of us succeed? Because he's not even that fat, and he's got arms like a fucking python, man. Right. And people are like, "Ugh, gross." But from their couch, and yeah. Like I said, nobody looks the same as they did, yeah, twenty years ago. But then they see Lizzo, and they're like, "That's bravery." <laughs> I commend her. What the fuck, man? Did you see she's going to pose for Playboy now? Is she? She got her... Um, I'm going to cancel my subscription. <laughs> she, she's going to... She she got her uh, clit pierced. Her clit? Yeah. And she, she's, she's going to so do... So she let you know? I, now she feels, feels the whole world needs to know. I mean, she could have just put it on Instagram and left it like that. But no, she has to go to... Dude, I'm going to look. <laughs> I, I think I have I'm to. Gonna, I have I'm to, right? Look. Yeah. Okay, I, I just want to make look. sure I wasn't going to be the only no, one to dude, get judged. No, dude, I'm going to look. It's every celebrity that does anything. Like, if I know you at all and I find out that there's naked shit of you on the internet, I'm going to go look. Even you, dude. If I find out, I'm going to go find it. I appreciate that. Yeah, dude. You just, don't you, like, you, you know somebody and you're like, oh, you got naked on the internet. There's no way that I'm not going to go see if there's any weird shit going on. I just want to know. But with Lizzo, I've got, man, you just kind of like know what you're going to get, don't you? A hundred percent of the time. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> that it's a lot of folds. That meme from Arrested Development where he opens the bag, it says there's a pigeon in it. And he's like, I don't know what I expected. That's going to be me. <laughs> I'm going to click the link. It's going to load. I'm just going to nod. And it's going to be like a train wreck. You, yep. Like You want to look away, but you can't. And, oh, man. I I almost just said the most offensive shit. Dude, but I just, let me, let me put it this way. This piercing, I don't feel feel is going to be readily observable if you understand what i'm saying I was, you took the words right out of okay, my mouth yeah uh, there's there's gonna have to be some type of some clamp of, or forcep that's pulling you know what that's that's too much it's yeah we'll see when it gets here dude i used to do post-production work for photography studios and 
that's my angle. Every time I see a photo of something like that, all I think is somebody, someone like, they, they like rushed a hard drive in. They were like, this is an ASAP thing. We need to get this thing to print. This is hot. And he's like, okay, cool. No buffer. He puts it in the computer. It pops up. Bam. Full on in the face. <laughs> and then he has to sit there and take a smudge tool and just like work the acne out. And th- like, that's a job. People have to do that shit. And that's all I think about. I see these naked photos. I'm like, you know what you just did to some post-production guy? Two hours he spent looking at this thing. And just he, staring he, at it. He had to add a little white highlight on the, on the, the ring because it's, you know, the, it's heat the smudgy. Highlight. Yeah, you got to make things look flashy. He probably, oh, he probably pulled the red hue up a little bit so she looks healthy. And he's going to see this for the rest yeah. of however. You ever have like a, a laptop on too long and a screen got burned with an image? That's just him every night when he goes to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably underpaid. For sh- Oh, And I, he's probably living paycheck to paycheck. I was not paid well, and I, I had to do some shit, man. Yeah, that's a degrading industry anyways. So, you know, I worked for, uh, I don't want to say, I don't want to like blast them. But let's just say it rhymes with J.C. Schmenny. <laughs> and they, you know, they would do like um, normal advertising with models, whatever they would use. They, they would they'd hire three or four like 20 year old girls and they would all wear their their capris or whatever and take photos of them being best friends. And they would bring it into me. And then an art director would come in and she's like the art directors, all 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 female art directors look like um, Edna Mode from. <laughs> From the, the Incredibles, they all look Dude, like that. Do not that. say that, yeah. please. Don't tell me that's <laughs> they, an actual thing. Yeah, they all look like that, and so they walk in, and they'll be like, uh, and they do this shamelessly. She'll be like, "So this girl in the middle right here, why don't you just go ahead and trim about fifteen pounds off her?" And I'm like, "The clothes look fine." And she's like, "I've got looking at this disgusting shit." And why? And like, I turn to her, and she's got like coffee down her shirt, and she's like, "This is a travesty. This this young nineteen year old girl can't look like this." And then the next one should be like, "She she's a little pale, don't you think?" And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, are we going to... She's listening. But they, but they don't take any responsibility. She'll be like, are we going to do something about that? And I'm like, who the fuck? So I'm not culpable here. I'm not like, these girls look fine to me. Let's Photoshop you, woman. <laughs> exactly. Let's put you in front of the camera, see what we got. Yeah, the fucking balls on these art directors. They just come in, hire models that are more beautiful than anyone I've ever seen, and then start just tearing them apart. And then it's my job to sell basically an unreality to young people. That's it. It's fucked up, right? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Great. I've been on the inside of that industry. It is. It but can the be flip side up. of it is like you you saw what they looked like before they came here. Oh hell yeah! So how did we get here? Yeah, <laughs> you hired them. Who are you looking so for? So is this a reflection of you yeah, or your them? Suck. That's that that whole industry really jaded me for a while because everything you see in advertisement to any degree, to a fucking straw in a cup is fake. It's insane the shit that they force you to do post production on. Like, and I worked for various different, uh, like styles of this. You know, whether it be people or still life products. You know, beds, shit like that. None of it is real. It is mind blowing. I, I was like the linchpin of this entire process because they would bring something to me and they'd be like, you know, we're selling this pillow, and then the lady Edna Mode would like roll in and she'd be like, don't you think that pillow is just a little too green? And I'm like, that's the pillow. That's what they're going to buy. And she's like, that's what they think they're going to buy. It's evil, man. That is evil. Yeah. And then, you know, I'd say the only accuracy you ever get is when they have like color corrected products that are just like laying on a flat thing where they'll come in and actually have match the color of the real product, which then I'm like, there's some authenticity here. This is fine. But it's always just like a sweater by itself. But if you stick that sweater on a girl, I have to Photoshop her eyes closer together. Because people are going to lose their fucking lunch looking at this ugly troglodyte they hired for $1,500 an hour. 
since so, no one like you you hear about depression from people comparing themselves to like unrealities on instagram but that it's not an accident it is an orchestrated thing there are people out there a sea of edna modes that are just ruining the confidence of young people puppet masters yeah it's disgusting and you know while you're on the subject um i don't know if you've seen while we're on that but yeah the the whataburger picture on doordash it's the most atrocious picture I've ever seen in my life. Catfish. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's oh, the is complete it, opposite. Is it real? It's literally <laughs> like there's somebody back there making minimum wage who put this burger together. Like there's no highlights. There's nothing. It's just oh, a burger and somebody took it with a fucking Motorola yeah. razor. <laughs> and it, it's just, it, and it's so, it's like so arrogant. Like, yeah, you're going to buy this burger anyway, aren't oh, you? And yeah. I do it every time. Yeah, for sure, dude. I, I just want it. I, I challenge y'all to go out there and just look at the picture of what a burger has on DoorDash platform. And you're still going to buy that burger, even though it looks terrible. Like the bun is falling off to the side. <laughs> Snow cheese on the burger. They, they didn't even advertise it. This podcast brought to you by Wendy's. <laughs> that's, you know what? The, you're right, though. That is, that's, that's the, uh, the crack dealer approach to the food. They're like, fuck you, you're buying it. You're going to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they have one professional photo in the entire album. So you click on various different things that they serve. Yeah. It's all the same. It's just, I think it was a hand in one of them. Like it was, it was just crazy. Like, yeah, don't worry about it. This is Texas made. (laughs) One, one gloved hand, one off. (laughs) So yeah. The the, the Coke nail in the photo. (laughs) (laughs) The the long nail. The long pinky nail touching your cheese. (laughs) I'm still eating it. Yeah, definitely. Every time. Guilty, dude. Perfect attendance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I appreciate when a company understands that I don't need to be gaslit. Yeah. You know, they like they know what they're selling me. They know what I'm buying. I, that's how I felt about it. Because, like, the shit I had to Photoshop, essentially, when you broke it down, it was like I had to lie to you to buy socks. Like, the, there's this implication that if I didn't lie to the customer that they weren't going to buy any of this shit. And socks. People are going to buy regardless. I need socks, dude. Yeah, we need socks. You can literally do the exact same thing with socks and I'll buy it. It could be the Coke nail. He's pulling <laughs> it up past it and he's wearing flip-flops with them. I'm st- I need them. I'm going to buy them. I got I, I got to have them. Dude, it's it's uh, kind of soul-sucking after a while. Because like, you know, in this at this time, I'm, I'm like the same age as these models. You know, I'm like 19, 20 doing this job. And like these, you know, the models come in and, and Holly, Holly was in this industry too. And we would both comment. Shout out to Holly. Yeah, shout out to Holly. <laughs> we, we would both comment on like how attractive these models were and how unrealistic all this shit is. And then it was, she started learning what my job was, you know, and it's like, yeah, I'm actually making them more attractive. How fucked is that? So who, uh, I don't know if I should say this or not. So they shot J.J. Watt back in the day, right? They didn't right. shoot with him. I had to change shit about J.J. Watt. I had to round J.J. Watt's shoulders out because they felt like he was too, too bricky. And that's like, I don't know if he knows that. <laughs> Did anybody tell JJ that no, he was being. No, we don't tell anybody. It's like in the contract you signed that, hey, you're, we're taking your photo. We can do whatever we want with it. Oh. So all this post. And the thing is, post production just gets out of hand. It doesn't start that way. Nobody comes in and they're like, they don't rush in. They're like, JJ's shoulders are fucked. You got to see what's going on out there. It's like a slow buildup of like, well, go ahead and adjust this a little bit. And then if you could bring this light down, you know, we're a little bright on this angle. And then, hey, did you notice his shoulders are a little bricky? And I'm like, come on. But what are they selling that his shoulders are going to make them not buy? That socks. I don't, that's <laughs> what I'm saying, dude. It's I, None of this shit makes any sense. There's no reason to be doing this. I just feel like these the Edna Modes are taking shit out on people. 
I could see if it was like a peacoat or something like that that he was trying to yeah. get behind. J.J. <laughs> Watt, famous J.J. Watt peacoat. Yeah. <laughs> J.J. Watt hand cream. Hey, yeah. His shoulders are too bricky. We can't do this. Peacoat with his number on the back. <laughs> I don't know fashion, but that's probably cool. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Business idea. You're a, you're a mogul. <laughs> Give me peacoats with uh, famous numbers on the back. I need jersey numbers on the back. I want a Jordan peacoat. Not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. If you guys listen to this, I'll sue the <laughs> fucking shit out of you. By listening, you have already signed an NDA. <laughs> yeah, that's it's actually it's <laughs> hidden in waveform. So I can't remember what he was selling, but I do remember thinking to myself, I'm culpable. That like if I really cared so much about how gross this was, I would I would stop doing it, and I never did. Was the money? You said the money wasn't good, though. No, but the money existed at all, and this is—you know—I'm twenty. Ah, to be young. Yeah, I didn't even have a drug problem. <laughs> like that's the that, that's half of the battle. Yeah, dude. Like I was just buying like Velveeta shells and cheese, and I just couldn't stop that. So I would bastardize JJ Watt's shoulders. <laughs> Circle of life. I'm not above it, dude. And you know what? I'm coming from a position of like uh, talking down on it now because I'm just not doing it anymore. But I'd probably have some argument if I was still doing it. I'd be like, well, look, what you got to understand, Duke, about this industry. <laughs> I had, um, who was that basketball player, the German one on the Mavericks? Dirk. Dirk. Nowitzki. Yeah, they shot Dirk. And, uh, so I, you, you shot some. I, so I'm not involved. Okay. I'm like, I'm this ugly creature that they In stick. the back. Yeah. They're like, they're like, <laughs> you're somebody, the ghost rider. Yeah. What you're I'm the ghost rider. Like, okay. so they, they shoved me in the back and they're like, somebody feed Tyler an iMac. He's got a fucking make Dirk shorter so he fits in frame with humans that happened by the way i had oh, I'm about God. six inches off that guy because he just it's like towered above everybody else it wasn't gonna work you know what sorry Dirk. <laughs> unless unless he was selling uh beetles he sounds socks <laughs> <laughs> that's uh so anyways that that industry as a whole is even worse now I think that's what I'm ramping up to is that so much of this stuff is algorithmic, like deep fake face shit that we're at a point now where you can just manufacture a human. Selling socks has never been easier, Duke. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Haynes. Yeah. And that, so the deep fake thing, uh, not this is a coincidental wraparound, but the, the one of the Bruce Willis things that really freaked me out was uh, the theory that he's declining in health and his manager and family know it. So they're basically just milking him. Yeah. And they sold his rights to his face to a Russian alcohol company. So they can just deep fake Bruce onto like alcohol ads. And there is one out there. You can look it up. Just Google Russian. Well, don't Google Russia right now. I, I, see, yeah. I, w I wouldn't employ you to yeah, do that right now. That's depressing as shit. <laughs> can we talk about this more? <laughs> Look, gas prices. Yeah, the gas prices. You know what, man? I don't. I don't agree with everybody. I think war is bad. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> so he, there's fuck that, fuck the war thing. That's uh, I don't even want to think about that. That'll bum me out. But the Google Russian vodka, Bruce Willis, and you'll find this very unsettling amalgamation of Bruce Willis selling vodka in the Russian dialect, and it exists, and it's literally the result of him basically on his last leg, probably scrounging every possible dime he can for his family before he goes under. That is depressing. It's depressing, man. <laughs> like, what's the tattoo equivalent of that? I, I don't even know. It's like, it's basically if I'm 
on like in the ICU and you just use my hand to like mark people as they come by. Like there's, it's just fucking sad. That is terrible. Yeah. But I will do that for my <laughs> and, family. And then, and, and it makes, and I want to ask you like, do you have a threshold of what you will do? Or are you in fact a, a, a money whore like you alluded to? Uh, for tattoos? Yes. Uh, so I'm actually, if, if I can um, be honest for a minute, I'm maybe the opposite of a money whore to a detriment. I turned down, more You're than, in it for the art. Yeah, right. I turn down more than half the projects. If I don't think it's going to look cool or I can't like jive with it, I'm not doing it right. at all. But I'm nice when I turn you down. I will just tell you honestly, it's not what I do. Uh, As he tattoos a stick figure on my arm. At yeah, the <laughs> tattooing a bull with no abs. What kind of shit is this? <laughs> um, but I, I have a pretty diplomatic way of just letting you know that's not what I do. I'm sorry, but you know, I'll, I'll say, I usually send them to someone else if I can. That's, so, that's noble. Know, I keep the business rolling. Right. But... I could make a lot more money tattooing if I just took everything. So people honestly do come to you with projects that, you know, you're like, mm, no. Yeah, constantly. I, so I get, I maybe get, uh, I don't know, eight emails a day and like maybe like 10 DMs or something, right? So maybe two of all of those people I'll actually take. It's pretty, pretty low. You know, now I gotta, I, I gotta know if you actually like me or, oh, <laughs> because are these tattoos actually something you can get by? Because these seem pretty, uh, pretty easy to you. So you're in, you're in what we call a friend zone, <laughs> which means I'm not gonna sleep with you. But these tattoos, just so we're clear, just so we're clear, man, just knock it off. Uh, so this arm you did, mm-hmm. all that shit's cool. Your chest is super cool. The the Joker, yeah. I think anyone who knows my style knows the Joker is like, this is stuff I love to do. Um, this one is definitely me just not wanting to look at this tattoo on you anymore. And I appreciate yeah. that because I literally have those same feelings when I True. take a shower yeah. at night. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> I just don't want to, I don't want it to be there anymore. It's yeah. It's if I have people that I see often in my life that I, that I like actually care about, I'm going to get rid of your tattoos, whether I like the, the design or not, it's got to go, man. And that's for the same artistic reason. Um, tattoos to me are, are, I don't want to like oversell this and call them like important, but it's actually the only thing I care about. So bad tattoos on people. Cause I have a few on myself, but I don't care about myself. I just want to do cool shit. But if I, ha- you know, it's just selfish. If I got to look at it, it's got to stop. That's really what it is. Like if I know something like, you know, if I got a family member who just keeps showing up with tribal, it's got to stop. Duke. I'm not doing any more. Yeah. Tribal. <laughs> I'm not like, I'm not looking at this shit. I'm going to cover it. So that, that's really what it is. It's it's a selfish thing. I'm just trying to clean up all the stuff I look at. And, and as clients, I, I think we do have a you know an obligation to challenge the artist. Like we we should bring you projects that yeah. don't you know, lowball make me, you don't think. softball me. Because I literally go through a whole town hall meeting and shit before I come here. Do you? Is yeah. there a tribunal? Shout out to my boy Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and, and 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 with the wife, and you know, we talk about it. Like, man, how can what can I do that he hasn't done before? And you know, and, I, and yeah. I always fall short. I've um, done everything, Duke. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's really a thought process that goes behind it. You don't want to come in like, hey, do a you know a Bart Simpson on my on my pinky toe. Yeah, said, let's turn it up a notch. Done it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you you can't. I, you can challenge me, but you can't. You're probably not going to introduce anything that I haven't already tackled to some degree at some point. And that's depressing. <laughs> you know you would think it is it sounds like it would be for an artist but like if you look at andy warhol the dude did the same thing the same over thing. and over because there is a, a strive for perfection that i I'm, I'm well aware i'm gonna die before i ever see myself do anything perfect 
but I want to try. It's the right. endeavor. I I view tattooing as um, a, a creative self-expression. I, I'm like I'm doing a small homage to what the universe is doing. The universe creates endlessly. I mean, it creates and destroys. It's just this constant cycle, but it creates stuff that I can't even wrap my my tiny idiot brain around. So when I'm tattooing, I'm like, this is literally a child trying to emulate the universe doing something so complex. And I'm struggling with this fucking bull. And so it's like a humbling spiritual moment of, of self-expression. And, and it, you know, it's like when you're doing something and then you see your like two-year-old mimic it. Right. That's me. I'm Me tattooing, I'm just this fucking two-year-old just like trying to mimic the creative universe. And, uh, you know, it's it's like prayer. It's It's me kind of uh like bowing my head a little bit in reverence and at the same time just being like damn i can barely get through this and i look at you know look at the complex shit you're making so it's humbling 100 <laughs> percent. and it, it's it's, it's kind of crazy because like in this age we're in now it's like i took i draw my i took my daughter to uh eighth grade graduation and there's literally 13 year olds with sleeves are you i'm i'm dead serious like i saw a 12, 13 year old kid with a, a better sleeve than mine. Holy shit. But in my mind, I was like, you know, you fucked yourself up, right? Because oh, yeah. you're not even done growing yet. Nope. <laughs> so th- that tattoo is going to be fucking three yep. inches long by the time you get to 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's what kind of one of those things I learned. But it's just like. That Houston skyline is going to look like Dubai. <laughs> and it's just crazy to me. Like, a 12 year old has an entire sleeve. Like, tattoos are just so common now. Yeah. Okay. They're common, yes, but that's fucking bizarre. So when I, I thought I was crazy, and then she's like, "Yeah, he's in uh he's in my my homeroom." Yeah, he oh, goes shit. here. Yeah. Oh. I thought he worked here. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's crazy, and like I said, I, that's why I had to get all these kitty ass tattoos covered up yeah. on me. Uh, you know, they meant something to me at that point in time. I was the coolest kid in school for about a semester, uh, and then I grew up, and then the tattoo just yeah. <laughs> it's the so, pain of my existence. You now. can't see it, but on, underneath the sleeve, um, and I pull it up, but I have a gigantic bicep. It won't go over it. So, but you can't see it. But under the sleeve, I have some pretty shitty tattoos. I got them in high school. In high school, I was the man because of these tattoos. But now I look at them and I realize, like, the opinions of teenagers is horseshit. It's <laughs> complete bullshit. Yeah, and so to the thirteen-year-old with tattoos, um, when I in Midland, Texas, they had this uh, system set up where they would like. They'd take kids from one neighborhood, swap them over to the schools of another just to keep things from being very Midland, Texas, you know, because it, it got a little segregation. You know what I mean? Like in like, Midland. Yeah. In Midland, you had like one side of the railroad tracks. There was like grasslands, green tree in these houses that they're all really nice and they're all suspiciously white. And all the kids going to that school are all white. And then on the other side of the tracks, it's like all Hispanic. So Midland was like not a good look for Midland. <laughs> we're going to do we're going to we're going to flip flop them, right? Which basically flip-flopping meant just bussing me and my Filipino friend Chris over to the other school. And there was a kid there. And this is when I realized like how how uh, sheltered I was. Because I go to this other school and there's a kid there named uh, Armando. He's my same age. He's got both... I'm sorry, I should say my age at the time was 14. He's got both his kids' names tattooed on his arms. <laughs> Even kids were cool. Like, to, yeah. Kids having kids. Kids like, having kids, totally cool. Armando's proud of his children. So he's got both his kids on his arm. And this dude, he would punk the shit out of me on the... Like, 
daily, man. I don't know what it was about me. Probably just because I'm the new kid. They bust like four kids over to the school and like they were like, you know, we solved the problem and like wiped their hands. I really, it just meant that I'm getting checked into lockers and shit. But this dude, he terrified me. And like now I look back and I'm pretty sure he's probably like five foot two. And, you know, but at, at the time, this guy's a monster to me. He's got kids. <laughs> You know, and, I think that alone right there, the mental aspect of that. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Cause like in my head, I'm like, he fucked. That's already far and beyond. so much that goes into that. Yeah. Like that's, I don't even know what that entails. Like I've seen it in movies, but this dude's doing it, procreating and getting tattooed. He's literally checking shit off that I'm hoping to hit by 30. Right. And I'm pretty sure he's passing his classes. So he's like, there's really nothing that he's doing that I, I'm capable of. And then he just decides that, like, I'm the guy he's got to fuck with all the time. So he, we just, <laughs> I'm laughing now. This is trauma. But, <laughs> but, like, I'd be walking down the hallway, and then just my entire periphery would just shake as my whole body's being thrown without me knowing into a locker for no reason. You just know? for no reason. Yeah. Just because you were walking. And he'd just be like, you got to move, bitch. And I'm like, yeah, that's on me. Yeah, that's on me. I'm walking down the center I'm okay of the hallway. With that. Yeah, there's a traffic rule. I'm not obeying it. It's cool, Armando. You know, and then I think, like, this guy's a good dad. <laughs> that's what you took out of that experience that's a, that's, he's a good dad man you know his kids aren't gonna walk down the center of the hallway like assholes but that that's the only time i've ever seen somebody that young with tattoos yeah. and i at the t- i didn't even know i wanted a tattoo at the time but i will say that might have started a, a, a fascination in me so this, this is before you well before you had a tattoo yeah i, I didn't start getting i didn't start tattooing until what, 17? 17 yeah 17 and, and this, this is 14 what, 14 and um and then when i was like 15 or 16 my sister dated a tattoo artist so that that actually really solidified the the whole thing and then i was like i gotta do this you know and i wasn't sure i was Full like circle <laughs> yeah i was like tattooing might be an option let me run it past my dad and he was like uh i'll fucking kill you and i was like that's it now this praise is, from a parent we found it <laughs> so that's the career it's the male equivalent of stripping <laughs> And then uh, my sister uh, dumped the tattoo artist because he turned out to be a heroin addict. Oh. But I erased that part of the lesson. I just shoved that under the rug. I was like, that's not related to what I'm trying to do. <laughs> that has nothing to do. Yeah. And then when I got into tattooing, I was like, yeah, there's a lot of drugs in this industry. <laughs> You'd think I would have seen this coming. <laughs> sort of like acting? Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> Casual cocaine? Dude, the job starts at noon. <laughs> And then it's a cash, it's basically a cash world starts at noon and you, nothing's expected of you. So yeah, there's a lot of drugs in tattooing. <laughs> and, you know, I, I can't say, well, I can blame them. I'm going to blame them. But the boredom that you can experience when you're just sitting around waiting for someone to walk in and give you money, at some point you kind of understand why this happens. I mean, you're talking like a 12-hour shift where you might not do anything. So heroin sounds awesome at that point. <laughs> at that point, let's take a ride until the first class shows yeah, up. Yeah, because they're just time traveling. At that, You know, they nod out, boom, four hours gone. Nod out, boom, two hours gone. That shift's over. <laughs> I was sober. I had That was a long shift for me. You know, those guys aren't doing so well now. I should probably... Uh, <laughs> making it sound like a pretty sweet gig. They are still doing heroin. <laughs> still taking walk-ins. If you need to adjust, uh, you can twist that thing back there. Or oh, just shove the table back. Pretty, I don't give a shit. I think it's pretty, it's pretty solid now. Yeah, it sounds yeah, good. There we go. It sounds good. You can hear it. That's what the cans are for. Remember I said? <laughs> the cans. Yeah, I'm going to say cans. That's an industry term. Yeah. I don't yeah. think they have a term for for a mic. 
Yeah. They avoid it because you can't really, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't find a good nickname without going there. Exactly. Can't, we'll just leave it at cans. And if whatever you're thinking, that's probably what we're talking about. Yeah. Microphone. <laughs> I have to get this out of my way. So I'm just going to, let me see. I'm going to figure this out. Oh, I need more paper towels. I, you know what? I'm going to try and do the rest of the set too with this one paper towel. Can it be done? <laughs> Tune in next week. Yeah, right? <laughs> Follow up on episode three. <laughs> All right, hang on. Let me do yeah. that. Actually, if you want to take a break, man, I'll, uh, I'll stop the recording and then we'll start now, it again. Wouldn't that be, be fucked up if it wasn't recording this whole time? I see no number 12. 